morning. Welcome to Connect Church. I'm Jay, I'm the lead pastor. If you're new with us, we're so glad that you're, uh, that you're here with us today. If you're watching online, we want to say welcome. And uh, it is uh, Independence Day weekend, and we are blessed to live in a country where we can freely come together and we can worship the Lord. Thank God you're all right. God, yeah, let's thank God, shall we? For his blessings are raining down upon me. Wait, that's not rain! Bruce, please don't do that, honey. You know that everything happens for a reason. That I don't need. That is a cliche. That is not helpful to me. A bird in the hands or two in the bush. I have no bird. I have no bush. God has taken my bird in my bush. Oh, I see. So, so God is picking on you? Is that what you're saying? No, he's ignoring me completely. He's far too busy giving Evan everything he wants. Oh, that's great, Sam. But you missed your target. I'm over here! Don't get mad at the dog. It's not the dog's fault. No, it's God's fault. I gave him the wrong coordinates. All right, you know what? Enough. All right, will you just stop being such a martyr? I am not being a martyr. I'm a victim. God is a mean kid sitting on an anthill with a magnifying glass, and I'm the ant. He could fix my life in five minutes if he wanted to, but he'd rather burn off my feelers and watch me squirm. All right, sweetheart, I know that you're mad. It's completely understandable. What Evan did is slimy and wrong, but this day could have been so much worse. I'm just glad you're okay. Okay? Newsflash! I'm not okay. I'm not okay with a mediocre job. I'm not okay with a mediocre apartment. I'm not okay with a mediocre life! So is that what you think that we have? A mediocre life? Don't make this about you. <laughs> about me? How can I make this about me? It's about you. It's always about you. Perfect. Perfect. I'll have the worst day of my life with a side order of guilt, please. Yeah, you ever felt that way? Maybe you didn't say it out loud. Maybe you didn't say it quite like that. But we felt that way. Junk happens. Stuff piles up. Our headspace goes off the rails. We get full of anxiety. We get full of worry. We may not deal with it very well. Those moments, though, bring some painful clarity sometimes to, uh, and some honesty to where we truly are in our hearts, but also where we truly are with the Lord. So what do we do? What do we do in those moments? We're starting a series today called Therefore. Therefore, and, and this word used in, in Scripture often um, is, is used in the context of this, like considering all that has happened, considering what has come before, or uh, keeping this in mind, consequently, right, like, like that idea. Hopefully you understand what, what therefore means when it's used, but there are several therefore passages in the New Testament, and over the course of the next few weeks, we're going we're gonna to look at a few of them, and how those can apply to us, and they, they point us to biblical truths, they point us to, um, to really even, even things about what to do, how to do it. Maybe even when we get into those kinds of moments and, and a better understanding of what's really important in our walk with Jesus. I had someone tell me uh, sometime uh, years ago, I've heard this said, that, that when you see the word therefore in the Bible, that you should ask the question, what's that therefore? Because it's a significant thing. It's an important thing. And so while that's kind of funny, you're never going to forget that. Um, 
Because every time you come across that in Scripture, hopefully you'll ask the question, what, what's that there for? Because there's always a progression with that. It will, the, the Scriptures will establish an issue or a situation or circumstance, and then instruction will follow in terms of what to do. And that, therefore, it's there for a reason. We're going to be looking at, uh, in, in Matthew chapter 6, if you have your Bibles or the Bible app, uh, you can certainly follow along uh, with me there. Uh, in Matthew chapter 6, we're going to be looking at a portion of the Sermon on the Mount today. And uh, so, looking at the words of Jesus and, and the times that he uses this phrase, obviously it's a little bit contingent on what uh, translation uh, you're reading because uh, the Bible wasn't written in English. But as we look at this uh, Sermon on the Mount, we're going to look at a pretty good chunk today. And I want you to see the full context of it and the way that this applies, not only to what was sort of set up in the video, but also to just kind of where we are as people when it comes to anxiety and worry and stress that we all feel like we're under so much. So let's read. Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 19. Jesus says this, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and, and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So there's a lot of verses in here. A lot of these are used uh, kind of by themselves in, in just a couple of, of chunks, but when you see them all in context today and all together, you know, it's funny because I think the verses right in the middle that talk about our eyes are the ones that really bring all of this together because our eyes are the way in which light comes into the body. That's how eyes work. Um, but more specifically into our brains. Said differently, the eyes are the lens through which we see what really matters to people. This is what Jesus is getting at here. If we're blind to the light, then we live in darkness. So whatever we consume, whatever light we allow in is going to affect the whole body. Here in this context, this is in regards to our generosity, is what Jesus is getting at to first. That's kind of the biggest part of this, is, is in regards to our generosity. But because being generous brings light into our lives. That's what he's talking about here. Why? Why does he say that? Why does being generous bring light into our lives? Here's why. Because it's others-centered. It's not me-centered. If you remember from the video... Everything was about him, right? It was all about him. He was being very self-centered in, in that moment. And that's why his, his world was completely skewed in what he was looking at in that time. See, we are happier and we are more content when we have God's heart of generosity in all things. But if we're not, if we're not, then our selfishness is what keeps everything that we think or do in darkness, our selfishness is going to keep us in darkness. So let me say it this way. If you don't control what you think, you'll never 
control what you do. If you don't control what you think, you'll never control what you do. Controlling what we think begins with what light we allow in or the darkness that we choose to stay in. See, the Pharisees that Jesus was, was talking about in a lot of ways in, in these times, they had this problem because their spiritual eyes, their spiritual eyes were kind of diseased, if you will. They were, they were coveting money. They were coveting wealth. Therefore, they were in spiritual darkness because that's where they were focused. Instead of being focused on their calling, instead of being focused on serving the Lord and serving others, they were focused on serving themselves. The word money that's used here, the translation of the Aramaic word mammon that you might see depending on what translation you're using right now, um, mean, meaning wealth or property. So they were more focused on, on that than they were on serving the Lord and serving their true master. The, the seeking wealth and seeking property, if you will, had become their true master in that moment. And they were masking it in their faith. Paul talked about uh, our thoughts and, and our anxiety because what Jesus is really getting at here is the things that we're focusing on, the things that we're thinking about, the light that we're allowing in, if that's driven by greed, it's going to leave us in darkness and, and that darkness is going to leave us in a place of anxiety and worry and stress that we were never intended to have. Paul talks about this in Philippians chapter 4. Look at what he says here. He says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. See, if you... Don't control what you think. You'll never control what you do. So here's the question for all of us then. What light are you allowing in? What light are you allowing in? Because we're all allowing some kind of light in that maybe we shouldn't be. And maybe we should be letting the light of God in more often. See, we can say that we serve God and not money. We can say that, but in, in your daily life, does money set the priorities? Does money determine the choices that you make? And you're like, Jay, I, like, I gotta pay my bills and like, we gotta eat and so like, that costs money and such. I get it. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about those kinds of things because we can say we'll be more generous. We can say that we'll be more giving to the Lord but man, right now, I just have too many things. I just have too many things on the list that we need to get right now. So I'll get to that later. I'll do that tomorrow. Yeah, I know that was the last series, but you understand what I'm saying. What light are we allowing in? Is how, and how is that affecting our mind, which then affects our entire body? Because it does. It affects our entire body. And you're like, okay, okay, God, I hear you. So now what? What do I do? Maybe I, need to, I need to focus more on what you want me to do. So, so what does that look like? I'm glad you asked. Verse 25. Let's keep reading. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. 
They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? The pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. So Jesus gets right to it here. He says, therefore, considering all of that, considering all of this that I've talked about already, keeping all of that in mind, do not worry about your life. Oh, oh, okay, that, no, I just won't do that then. All right, so let's close in prayer. No, that's not what Jesus is saying here, right? This, this sounds like really carefree. Sounds like, you know, oh, just, so just stop doing that. That's not the point, and that's not the purpose of what Jesus is saying here, because you have, to, you have to continue to read, and you have to see it what he's getting to. And too often, I think too many times, um, even the church and, and even just faith in general is kind of known and, and can be known in some ways as just abandoning logic and reason, that it's just this like leap of faith at all times, and that, and that you're just throwing caution to the wind. Listen, Trusting in Jesus does not mean that we abandon logic or reason. Hear me on that. Trusting Jesus does not mean that we abandon logic or reason. We do not just throw caution to the wind. Is there a faith element? Well, duh. It's called faith. And so, of course, there's going to be a faith element. But there are so many logical reasons for faith. And there is so much logic and reason in scripture, and even in what Jesus is saying right here. So don't think that that just means throwing caution to the wind. We can't assume that God is never going to allow tough times or struggle to impact those who trust him and follow him. If, if you can hear me right now, you have been through some struggle or are going through some struggle. You have been through some tough times or are going through a tough time. Instead, what Jesus is saying is that this is a call to accept whatever it is that God allows and realizing and knowing and trusting that he's not abandoning you, that he will not abandon you, that he will be present with you no matter the situation. He is gonna be there with you no matter the situation. Listen, the disciples, Jesus' disciples they abandoned their jobs. They left everything. They left their lives in order to follow Jesus full time, to learn from him, to share in the kingdom work with him full time. They were there with him and God cared for them. God provided for them through all of that, just as he cares for the birds and the flowers. And you know what? After the resurrection, after the resurrection, these, these guys all went out on their own and they started churches and they did the kingdom work. They went from village to village and shared the good news and they were completely dependent on local hospitality for them to be taken care of and God used people and God used those moments to provide for their every need, for their every need. Not their every want, but their every need. 
And sometimes we get those things confused and we let that stress us out. I love this quote from Max Lucado. He said this, the presence of anxiety is unavoidable, but the prison of anxiety is optional. Think about that. The presence of anxiety is unavoidable. You are going to have some stress and anxiety in this life, period. But the prison, the prison of it is optional. Now, that doesn't mean that you can just wish it away. It doesn't mean that it's just a, a mindset. Anxiety is going to be there. And some people struggle with this more than others. And I, and I get that. I understand that. I, I acknowledge that. But at the same time, we can battle against the prison of it through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I don't think we tap into that enough. I don't think we tap into that enough. I think we allow the prison to chain us up too much. And we've already seen a bit of a battle plan from that, for that, through scripture. And we're gonna talk more about that as we keep going. But, but let, me, let me give you a little bit of it right now. And we've talked about this. Prayer, right time with the Lord, prayer, which is a part of what we are allowing, the light that we are allowing into, through our eyes, through our mind. That's gonna be a part of that. Plus this heart of gratitude, Notice what Jesus is saying here is that if we're being selfish, that's gonna end up locking us up in this prison of anxiety. I need, I need, I this, what about that? What about this? I'm gonna need this for things to be provided for me instead of trusting your heavenly father who loves you so much more than you can imagine, who takes care of the birds, who takes care of the flowers, who takes care of the fields, takes care of so many things, yet we worry and we struggle with all of that instead of having a heart of gratitude and going to the Lord in prayer and the word of God promises God's peace with that. See, the gratitude part is the light that we're going to choose to allow in or not. I was reading in a commentary from John Corson and I heard this analogy. It takes 60 trillion, with a T, 60 trillion droplets of fog to cover seven city blocks. Now, granted, we had some smoke over the last week or so, um, so this is kind of relevant. Um, 60 trillion droplets of fog to cover seven city blocks. Now, that much fog covering seven city blocks will shut down the city, right? It'll, it'll shut all that down. It'll be hard to see. Airports have been shut down by fog, all of that kind of stuff, just by all of these droplets of water. Now, these droplets of water, 60 trillion droplets of water, shutting down a city, shutting down an airport. You condense all that. You condense all of those droplets down. Do you know how much you have? About that. About half a cup of water. How often do we do the exact same thing? That that's worry without the Lord. That's exactly what that is. You start with a half a glass of water and then you think and you overthink and you wrestle and you continue to wrestle and you run through the scenarios. Listen, I'm not telling you something that I don't struggle with myself. I can't tell you how many times, even in the last week and a half, that I have taken a glass of water like this and turned it into a fog covering seven city blocks in my life. And I have shut down the airport forgetting 
how much I can trust in the Lord, forgetting that he's going to take care of me at all times. And I've turned. Instead, you take that fog and you remember exactly what it is. Exactly who put it there. So you're not hearing from him. You're not seeing him in those moments. You're all fogged up from a half a glass of water. So what do we do? Let's keep reading. Verse 33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Notice twice now. He says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. He said it at the beginning. And now he's saying it again here at the end of this, of this passage here. And he's saying the same thing. And you may wonder why he said the same thing twice. It's because he had to like completely put it in context and because we probably didn't hear it the first time the right way because we overthought it. So therefore, don't worry about tomorrow. See, the whole point of everything that he has been talking about leads up to this right here. Seek him first. Part of the reason, it's not all the reason, but it's some of the reason why some of us get locked up into that prison of anxiety and stress is because we haven't done this very well. Because we don't seek him first. Present company included. In order to find everything that he has in store, we need to seek him first. Seek him in our thoughts and in our actions and how we treat others and, and, and our generosity Seek him in, in, in our prayer time and how we pray and fast. Seek him in our finances. Seek him in, in the provisions that he's given us. Seek him first even when you screw it up because we've all screwed it up and we're gonna screw it up again because we're sinful people. Don't forget that he has been faithful when we have been foolish every time and he will continue to be faithful as we continue to be foolish because we're sinful people. Remember, he loves you right where you are, but he loves you too much to let you stay there. He loves you too much to let you stay there. In the past, in the present, in the future, he will be faithful when we are foolish. We need to remember a little more often who we are in him and whose we are, right? We have been bought with a price, the highest price ever. And God didn't do that lightly for you. But ultimately, we have to make the choice to trust him. We have to simply make the choice to trust him, but it's not that simple all the time, is it? See, he can take it. Can I remind you how strong he is. Can I, can I just remind you for a second that his shoulders are big enough, that his arms are strong enough and that you can just dump it on him. You can just dump it on him. We believe and trust in the promises of Jesus, amen? amen. Right, you matter to him, yeah? Okay, so if that is the case then, drop to your knees, maybe literally, and hand it over. Hand it over to him. It's, it's so easy to allow our anxiety and to allow our stress and our uncertainty to steal our focus away from trusting Jesus with all of our 
stuff, with all of the junk, with all of our things. And instead, we need to accept, we need to accept his promise that he will provide based on the good news of God's love for us. The birds are fed, the flowers look great and are taken care of, and they diligently work to maintain their lives, but no more than one day at a time. They don't store up great amounts of food. They'll store up a little bit. They continually work. And believers, listen, we are far more valuable than they are to God. And God takes care of them. So why are you stressing out and worrying about whether God's going to take care of you? Look at this quote from William Barclay. It says, the lesson of life is that somehow we have been enabled to bear the unbearable and to do the undoable and to pass the breaking point and to not break. Anybody been there? You're like, how did I even get through that, right? How did, boy, how did I even get through? I don't even know how I made it past that because I felt like I was just gonna, couldn't even get there. But the lesson of life is that worry is unnecessary. That's easier said than done. And I get that. But boy, there's so much truth. So much truth there. We are bound to worry in life. You're gonna worry. I'd love to say that you're gonna walk out of here today and the Holy Spirit's just gonna remove all worry from your life. I would love to pray that blessing over each and every one of us. But we need to maintain our confidence in the God who always shows up for us. He always shows up for us. Our connection to Christ is because of his willingness to offer himself for us. Therefore, we must trust in him no matter what we're facing. Even if it seems insurmountable, even if the mountain, you can't even see the top of it. You are a child of God and don't you forget it. Jesus Christ was raised from the dead and if he was raised from the dead, then we too can be raised from our momentary situation no matter how dark it might seem in the moment. No matter how dark it may seem in the moment. So that's why my connection point for the day is a really simple statement with a whole lot of power. Therefore, therefore you can trust Jesus. Whatever it is that you're going through, therefore you can trust Jesus. His promises to his followers, his provision, that therefore, that calls us to trust in him completely with our lives. And so I wanna do something different just a little bit different for right now for all of us. Right here in this moment, bow your heads for just a second. You're like, that's not different. But this will be. And this connection point is for each and every one of us, but I want to make it personal. The word you here, I want us all to say this out loud, to say, therefore, I can trust in Jesus. On the count of three, we're all going to say that out loud, and I want you to say it like you believe it. Say it like it's the truth because it is. One, two, three. Therefore, I can trust Jesus. Whatever circumstance you're going through, whatever it is, you can look at that situation with the confidence of Jesus and you can tell yourself, therefore, I can trust him. Your job is a nightmare. Therefore, I can trust him. These bills I have are piling up. Therefore, I can trust Jesus. 
This relationship is falling apart. Therefore, I can trust Jesus. My family, you don't even know. Therefore, I can trust Jesus. This addiction that I'm going through has me so chained up. Therefore, I'm going to choose the light because I can trust Jesus. You fill in the blank, whatever that looks like. Therefore, I can trust Jesus. Heavenly Father, I love you and I thank you so much for the truth of your word. I thank you that we can trust you no matter what is going on. Thank you that because of your resurrection power, we can say, therefore, consequently, because of what you've done, we can trust you. We can trust that you're going to take care of us. We can trust that because of the good news of Jesus. We can trust it because of your resurrection power. We can trust it because of what you've done in the past. Because when we've been foolish, you have been faithful. And we know that you will continue to be. Father, I know that some of us in here are going through some stuff right now. Some of us are going through some junk. And we may feel exactly like that video sounded at the very beginning. Lord, I pray that trust in you would come out of this moment now. I know that with a snap of your fingers that you can solve everybody's, quote, problem. But Lord, that's, that's not how you're choosing to handle things because there's so much more involved that we don't even know. And so, Father, I pray that we can trust in you in these moments. You are so good to us and we forget that because we forget when we're being self-centered instead of being other-centered. So help us, Father. Because of what you've done, therefore, we can trust in you and we thank you and we praise you and we worship you for that today and every day. So Lord, if there's one here that doesn't know you as Savior, if there's one watching online right now that they're not sure that they're gonna be with you in heaven, if they can't say, therefore, I can trust in Jesus, I pray that today, now, in this moment, that they would put their trust in you. They need to talk to somebody. They need to pray with somebody. Lord, we've got people in yellow lanyards that would love to talk and pray with them. Pray that they would find them, that they would find me or someone else here that can, that can help show them the truth of the good news of Jesus. Holy Spirit, continue to move through this place. Help all of us to be able to look at our circumstance, our situation, and know how much you care for us, to remember who you are and remember whose we are. In Jesus' powerful and precious name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Listen, if you do need to talk, if you've got some stuff going on, you need prayer, we would love to talk with you. We would love to pray with you. At any time, you could come find somebody in the yellow lanyard, you can meet us at the orange wall, whatever that might be. This is a church family, and we mean that. And yeah, we're fallible, and we don't always do everything right. We're doing our best, and we want to be there for each and every one of us. Therefore, you can trust in Jesus. Thank you.